because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not the eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But if in fact God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be, if they were all one part, where would the body be? I want you to think about that. If the whole body was an ear, what do you think the body would look like? It would look like a big old floppy piece of flesh. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, these parts of the body that seem to be weaker, listen to this. The parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Wow. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, you are in the body of Christ. I want you to think about this. Now, you are in the body of Christ, and each of you is a part of it. Amen. I want to preach to you with the thought in mind, he already has one. He already has one. Now, Sarah and I, we're at that age that I used to complain about my dad and my mom. Because I'd complain about my dad, not that I mind getting him anything, but, but, but you know how we are about Christmas time and birthday time and everything. I thought, what in the world am I going to get daddy for Christmas? What am I going to get mama for Christmas? They have everything. You know, as you get older in life, you know, that. listen, for those of you that are younger, cheer up a little bit. You're going to get there. Most of you already have much more than your parents ever had when you were their age, okay? You're getting there. You're getting there faster than they did. I got there faster than my parents did. But but I think about, what am I going to buy my dad? I don't I think about, what, am I, what, what can I get Sarah for... For her birthday, or what can I get Sarah for Christmas? And, and, and I get thinking that I really don't have anything to buy her because, uh, she already has pretty much everything she wants and, and more, you know. I mean, she has me, so what more she, could she want? You know, let's face it, you know. So, from henceforth comes the gift cards. You know? 
when you get the Belk and the and the Chick Fil A card and the and the Outback cards and the Olive Garden Garden cards and the Lowe's cards for you fellas, just understand that's simply because you got everything and they don't know what to buy you anymore. Okay, that's what all that's about. I've already got one. How much more could I need? Well, when we look about that and think about that in the kingdom of God. How could, uh, what, what, what could anybody give God that he doesn't already have? He created everything that exists according to the scripture. How, how could we give God something that he doesn't already have? But you understand that, that we are part, you and I are part of something much bigger. When we receive Christ as our Lord, when we accept Jesus as our Savior, we are continue to be individuals, but yet we are part, we become part of one body. That's what Paul's teaching here. He's teaching this because there was division and separation in the church at Corinth. It was a messed up church, just like the church still messed up. There's some people felt like they were more important than others. There was other people that felt like they were inferior to others. There were some people that uh, just got pushed aside. There were some people that, that really got escalated or elevated up. But the reality of it is we're individuals, but we're all part of one body. A body is a joint effort of many members is what Paul is saying. Uh, Paul used the hand, he used the foot, he, he, uh, he used the eye to make his point. He, he used the, uh, the parts of the body to illustrate how that we function and we work together or we should work together as a church. Now listen, every single one of us in this room, I dare say, desires to have a healthy body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we desire to have a healthy body. Americans spend, I, I, you know, I Googled this. Thank God for Google. Uh, but I do have, I do have footnotes if you want to know where I got it from. Americans spend on an average of $503 and a nickel every month just in taking, not, not, that's, this is not regular health care. This is not, this is not, uh, for sickness or disease. But the average American spends $503 and a nickel every single month trying to do something to make these bodies better. Now that includes hairdos, finger dues, and toenail dues, you know, whatever they call all that stuff, you know. That, that includes, that includes the gym, you know, you know. It includes all these other things we do. We are trying to do something to make us better, make our bodies better. That comes to $6,036 a year. For those of you that don't have a car, but you're spending all your money going to the gym, getting your hair done, your nails done, your toenails done, and whatever else you may spend on, just think, if you, you, you could have a whole lot better car if you just didn't worry about this old body. But we like looking good. We like feeling good. We like the thoughts of living a long time, don't we? That equals to $368,232.60 over the span of an adult life that we spend on this. And I know you'd look at me and you'd say, I can see where it'd be worth it. <laughs> I can understand that. I understand that. That doesn't, that doesn't include health care cost. 
The average cost of health care uh, during the pandemic grew to an all-time high uh, to the tune. Health care grew to an annual average of $13,000 per person. That's on top of the uh, $6,000. So when you think about that, and you look at, we're talking nearly $20,000 that we spend on our body, on average, in a year, and some of us don't hardly make much more than that. Wow. Sounds like most of us are just trying to keep everything together, doesn't it? You know? We get, we get tucked, trimmed, pinned, replaced, Tanned, glued together, energized, and revitalized. We spend thousands of dollars doing that. <laughs> Doctor, in January, a, a, Bloom, a Bloomberg report, you know, which is a financial report, a Bloomberg report that came out in January, uh, they shared this. It was a, it was a doctor that wrote, wrote this particular blog. He said, for a meager $2 million a year, he could guarantee he could make anybody any age 18 years old again. It only cost you $2 million a year. He said, boy, that sounds preposterous, doesn't it? Guess what? He has clients. He has clients. It's not me. It's not me. I couldn't afford him. Plus, I don't need it. A healthy body is so important to us, isn't it? Have you have you ever heard the old adage, if you've, lo- if you've lost your health, you've lost everything? And there's some truth to that. You know, it, you know I understand that. As, as you get older, you understand it more and more. But when we think about the family of God, the family of God is a body. Now, I want to say this. There's nothing wrong with having a healthy body. There is nothing wrong. You know, I actually, you know, I, I actually thought about, I've actually thought about naming our refrigerator Jim. And then if somebody asked me if I ever went to the gym, I'd say, yeah, I go there first thing every morning, you know, you know. There's nothing wrong with having a healthy body. There's nothing wrong. I, I mean, I just find it hard myself to carve out time and, and there's a whole lot of other things that I'd rather do than go to the gym. There's nothing wrong with having a healthy body. A healthy body, we know, is better organized and it's much stronger. Our doctor tells us that every time we go see her. She tells us we need to walk. We need to do this. We need to do that. One, I heard about a guy that was out, he was out doing his jog and he got run over by a car. I would rather be fat and alive than I would healthy and dead. Okay? That's just my, that's the way I perceive it all. But like the natural body, the body of Christ is a complex unit made up of many components. Paul relates to some of the parts, um, Seemingly more esteemed than others. We take, we really give our eyes a lot of attention, don't we, most of us? I remember growing up, my dad would say to me, I'd be, whatever I'd be doing, drilling or, you know, or busting wood or whatever, he'd always, or grinding something. He said, boy, y'all better put something on your eyes. You don't have but two of them. Well, he never did tell me to put anything on my fingers. He didn't say, boy, you gotta take those of his fingers. You only got ten of them. You know, and, you know, so there's parts that we esteem greater than we do others. 
just like the natural body, the, that the body of God is that, that complex unit. Some parts we, we esteem more than others. Some parts of our natural bodies, though, think about this. There are many parts of our natural bodies that we can't see, but yet the medical field calls them our vital organs. You know, there's parts to the body of Christ that seemingly go unseen, but maybe they're vital organs. Did you ever think about that? Yeah, I've never seen my liver, quite frankly, and I want to. You know, you you get my age, you go, you know, I went went and had, pardon me for being so frank, but but I went... a few weeks ago, had my routine colonoscopy because I've fallen to that age group. And the doctor come back. He says, everything was very good. I said, great. He said, but you got an extra long colon. I said, well, that is nice to know. You know, how many people would like, you know? You know, so, so, but, but I don't want to see it, okay? I don't want to see it. Don't bring me no pictures in. Don't, don't be showing me. No, I don't want to see all that stuff. But yet I understand it's, it, it's, it's, they are vital organs. They're, without them, I would not be functioning and I would not exist. You see, even in the scope of the, the family of God, there's people that maybe not, they may not ever get up and preach. They may not ever get up and sing. They may not ever teach a class. They might not do any of that stuff, but they're still a vital organ in the kingdom of God. But you know, sometimes we, we so limit the kingdom of God to what goes on in the building that we call church. But the kingdom of God is, is far, I mean, I mean, I, 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 you know, I used to could say that this is the, you know, this is like the, the, uh, the shell station, you know, this is the shell station, this is where we come by and, and we get gassed up at, but that don't sound so good. So now I could say, this is the charging station and we're all Teslas and we come to get energized. You know, just hope your battery don't catch on fire, okay? But the reality of it is, we, we all come together. We all, you may not believe this, but nobody looks exactly like you. Now, we know some people that are twins, and, uh, we, we know actually several people that are twins. We know some that still, they still dress alike, and, and I'll be frank with you, I can't tell them apart sometimes. It depends on who they're with. You know, they could, they could, you know, they could switch off family members, their kids, their husbands, and things like that. Some of them, we wouldn't even know who they were, which one they were. You know, I, it, it is sometimes it just, it's, it's very confusing. But the reality of it is, there is something different about them. God very much knows the differences. Every one of us here has a, we have a different thumbprint. We have a different, uh, you know, when we, I, I preached this the other week, you know, we have these things where we look at them and, and they do facial recognition and things like that. Nobody looks just like you do. And our giftings, our talents and our abilities also will vary. Nobody has the same, exact same giftings, exact talents and the abilities within those talents that you do. Our, but while our appearances and personalities may vary, yet we are all, as followers of Jesus, we're all part of one body. Okay? And because we're part of one body, even though we are different, we still need one another. The ear, my ear, I see nobody through my ear. I hear nobody through my eye. 
I can't walk on my hands, but I can walk on my feet. Yes, so the parts of the body are there for particular reasons and they have particular functions and so do you in the body of Christ. We need one another. We, we show one another love. And we assist one another in sickness or in pain. You know, I've been having some problems with, with this hand myself and, and, and I find myself every once in a while, uh, I find myself doing this because putting pressure on my wrist helps with the pain just a little bit. So this hand is assisting this hand. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes we find other things. Sometimes we'll rub our toes after a long day at work, you know, or, or we'll rub our calf muscles or, or we'll do something like that. And, and we'll do something to assist. Sometimes we'll find ourselves scratching our head or, or scratching behind our ears. And, uh, uh, but the parts of our body will assist one another even sometimes when we don't even realize it. And so it is in the body of Christ. We're one body. Made up of many members. We're not to be arrogant or envious of one another. Just because, you know, my, 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 my big toe is not to be jealous of my eye. My pinky finger is not to be jealous of my ear. The members of the body, listen to this, the members of the body are not to war one another, with one another. Do you know if your body members start warring one with another, you know what you are? You are ill. You are sick. When, you, when your body members are fighting against one another, there is something wrong in your body and you become sick. And when you become sick, you can't function like you could or should or like God wants you to. You see, in the body of Christ, when the body of Christ, when the church gets divided, and, and, and I'm not talking about just a, just a building like we're in today. I'm not, and I'm not talking in particular about us here at Voice of Praise Worship Center this morning. I'm talking about the body of Christ as a whole. Because let me tell you, God is, when, when Jesus comes back, He's not coming back after Baptists, Methodists, Presbyterians, Lutherans, Foursquare, Wesleyan, uh, whatever else you could, you know, uh, Pentecostals, Church of God, uh, Assemblies of God. He's not coming back after one certain name. He's coming back after those that have been born again, washed in His blood, and that is His church. And as He and He intends for His church for us to be members together, forming one body. So when the bodies, when the members of the body are at war, the body is sick. There's something wrong. And in the members of the body, there's no room for self-sufficiency. Paul, in particularly, related to that. The ear can't say, I don't need the eye. The eye can't say, I don't need the ear. The hand, hey, listen, let, go ahead and let your hand, let your hand tell, hands tell your feet that they're not needed anymore and let, and, and go cut your feet off and see how well you walk. Okay? That, that, that's, that's putting it in a, a sort of a, a, a horrific illustration, but basically that's what Paul is saying. Go ahead and cut your ear off and see how well you hear with your eyes. You see, it takes all of us together to make up the body of Christ. It takes all of us together, and none of us, in spite of what we think, we really can't, one can't do without the other. 
Because if you are missing, and, and, and there may be some people in this room, maybe you, maybe you've had an accident, maybe you're, you're missing a, a finger, or maybe you're missing a limb, or something like that, I'm not, and, I, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing that. Uh, understand me very greatly. There's people that, that have been born with, with, uh, disabilities and with impairments that I, I, I admire greatly how they have conquered life and they've conquered it so well. But, but, but in the, in the broad sense, if you and I, if we were to lose one of our body members, if we were to lose one of our fingers or one of our, even one of our toes, then we are considered to have a certain amount of disability. And when the body of Christ doesn't have everyone working together, there is a there is a certain amount of disability or limitation that occurs within the body of Christ. Okay? So there's no place for disunity. We're all in this together. You know, we 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 love together, we hurt together. Yeah, you know, back in when I was in high school and in my early twenties, my my dad and my uncle uh, they they uh, they ran a residential roofing business, and and I I, I made good money as a teenager uh, working on roofs. You know, that's how I bought my first car. You know, and and all that stuff. And then and, uh, and, and we did nail on shingles. There wasn't any nail guns like you have now. We nailed shingles. I still believe nailing shingles is the best way. By the way. But my uncle, when he taught me, when we were nailing down roof, he said, I'd get one nail at a time and he said, he'd say, hit my nick, he called me, my nickname with him was Cliff. He'd say, Cliff, you don't, you can't nail no shingles down that way. He said, get you a handful of nails. And I'd get a handful of nails out of the nail apron and, and I'd have a, I'd have me a handful of nails and he taught me how to use my thumb and to roll those nails over between these two fingers and, and take that hammer and you nailed a nail with two licks. The first lick started it, the second lick put it in. That's the way you nailed roof. Hmm? And I, I, I actually got pretty good at it. But I want you to know one thing. It took a while for me to get good at it. And in that process of taking a while to get good at it, I had a lot of purple fingernails, if you know what I mean. I had blood blood blisters on the end of my fingers. I had purple fingernails where I would hammer and I would hit. And sometimes I would take a missed lick and, or sometimes I would hit that first lick too hard and I would have my two fingers pinched down between that old big flat head on that roof and nail. And it hurt. And you know what? When my little fingers hurt, I hurt all over. And when the body of Christ is fitly joined together, when one part of the body hurts, the entire body hurts. My fingers don't look too important. But they are. Daddy never told me to take care of my fingers like he told me to take care of my eyes. But they're very important. It doesn't mean that they're more important, but it doesn't mean they're less important. You see, and so it is in the body of Christ. Every part of that of the body is so important. The Lord wants us to have a healthy body. He wants us to have a healthy body. Now, I'm physically, we should take care of ourselves. And I admit, I probably uh, I should, you know, we do little things, you know. But Sarah and I, we, we, we admit all the time, we've been talking this over for the last 16, 17 years. We need to start doing better. How many years have we been saying that now? We need to start doing better. I will say this. We have not eaten salt, at least as far as getting out a salt shaker and sprinkling it on our food. We have not eaten salt in 16 years, 16, 17 years. 
Salt's of the devil. Right? You people using salt, you're going to hell using salt. No, no, not really. Not really. Not really. But, but, but we, we lay off the salt. You know, there's things that we do, you know, but we could be healthier. And I think the Lord does want us to be healthy, you know, because this, this body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I think it's good to be healthy. But, I think He wants us to be spiritually healthy. Because to be spiritually healthy, I think, is more important than being physically healthy. We can only belong to one body. Listen, my hands do not belong to another person in here. They belong to me. My eyes don't belong to you. They belong to me. My, your ears don't belong to me. They belong to you. Makes me think of that little song. Be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful little ears what you hear. Be careful little feet where you walk. There's a father up above looking down in peace and love. Be careful little eyes, ears and feet what you do. Okay? But the parts of your body are necessary for you being whole. The parts of my body are necessary for me being whole. And my components, your components to your body can only belong to you. Sort of a, some kind of a transplant, of course. We can only belong to one body. Either we're serving Jesus and we're part of his body or we're not. We're part of another body. You see, and that brings us to a necessity of loyalty. You see, the, 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 uh, uh, most of us probably agree, uh, and you know, most of you all know, many of you all know that, you know, I've, I've ridden motorcycles all my life. Sarah and I, we don't get to, we don't get to ride as much as we, we, what we did during the pandemic though, didn't we? We, we kept Matilda, Matilda is a crimson red Harley Davidson, and we kept Matilda going during the pandemic because you couldn't go any, anywhere else, so we rode the motorcycle, you know, at, we, we were social distancing on Matilda. So if you, if you ever call me and say, well, are you busy today? And I say, well, I'm on visitation with Matilda. You know where I'm at. But you think about the motorcycle riders. And we all have seen them, even if you don't ride yourself. What is the most essential piece of equipment, safety equipment, a motorcycle rider, rider wears? The helmet. Unless you go to Kentucky like we did the other day, and they don't believe in them in Kentucky, so they don't wear them. A lot of people. It's not a law. I guess that speaks for Kentucky, though. I don't know. But protect that head. Protect that head because at the head is the is the is the it is the brain, the brain trust, the control center for the rest of the body. Stay with me just a minute. Because what I want to take you to is as we are one body and we can only belong to one body. There is a necessity of a loyalty to the head of the body. And the head of the body is Christ. He's the head of the church. So we would be, first and foremost, we'd be loyal to Christ, the, body, the head of the body. And then we'd, we'd, we'd be loyal to one another. It's wonderful to have a church family. And we're loyal to the church. Loyalty, loyalty to Jesus and then loyalty to the church. Because being loyal to the church is being loyal to what Jesus loves. And Jesus loves His church. 
then as we as believers, we, we, you and I, we need to discover our spiritual gifts. And our gifts are going to be different. Our, our gifts are different. Some of you have more talents than I'll ever think about having. Some of you don't have as good a talents as maybe the other person, you know, uh, when you, when you look. But God doesn't measure us in capacity of talents. He only, he only, he only looks at us in our faithfulness to what He has given us. Being faithful to what He has brought us into. So as we discover our spiritual gifts, as we discover our talent, here's a, here's a very important factor. We need to learn as believers to accept ourselves. You don't know why? Because God already has one. I need to accept myself. I've told this story many times before. I, I should have brought that Bible in the sanctuary with me this morning. I've got it in there in my office. When I was when I was a, a young preacher, and and I, I had went and uh, the church that I was working in at that time, and uh, we had a visiting evangelist come in, and he came in and he he preached the, as we used to say the paint off the walls. And as he preached the paint off the walls, and and my son and his his mother was still alive, of course, then, and and we were we were getting we were leaving the church, and I, I never forget it. I had this is on date that the the, the uh, era of time. I, I had an '83 Monte Carlo, blue Monte Carlo Chevrolet, had Dale Earnhardt stickers all over it. Okay. And, and, and we're leaving church, we're driving down the road, and I say to my, uh, to my late wife, I said, man, I wish I could preach like old so-and-so preached tonight. And my son's sitting in the back seat, and he, uh, he throws his elbows up over the, uh, he wasn't very old, he throws his elbows up over the, the back seat, you know, the, the back of the front seat, I should say, and he says, don't worry about it, dad. He said, preachers are unique. And my loving instinct, I said, get back there and sit down and shut up, boy. Why ain't you got your seatbelt on anyway? Because that's what I wanted to hear in the moment, you know. I said, you don't even know what unique means. He said, sure I do. I said, okay, tell me what unique means. He said, it means that everyone is different. And no two are alike. And he, I don't know, he was probably four years old, three, four years old, five years old or something. And he, he had got a piece of paper and he drew out, a, sketched out a little stick man and he tried to write on it preacher's license. He don't have any of it spelled right, but I knew what he meant. He wrote preacher's license and he put NR on it and it says, Preach the word. That's what he put on it. And I taped that in the front of my Bible that I had at that time. And I've still got it. It's still taped there. It's well worn. But you know what? It took that three, four, five, however old he was. It took that kid to learn me a lesson. I was not called to preach like the guy that had just preached that revival service. I'm called to preach... Like God called Norse Ralph Taylor Jr. That's my full name. Norse, Norse Ralph Taylor. I preach like he's called me to preach. 
I sat down with a young man a few weeks ago, and and he was playing. We were playing music, and he's he's uh, he's he's just a young guy. He's fourteen years old, and he's a mighty fine musician at fourteen years old. And he said, "I've been trying to learn this song exactly like so and so plays it." I said, "Don't." Do it. He said, what? I said, don't do it. I said, you play it like you play it. Be be yourself. Be who God has called you to be. Do what God has called you to do in the method that He's called you to do. The most important thing is, is that your heart is right with Him and you're serving Him and whatever you're doing, you're doing it as unto the Lord, but you're not supposed to do it like the other person. He already has one. He don't need to. He don't need to Billy Grahams. He don't need to Swaggerts. He don't need to Oral Roberts. He don't need to T.D. Jakes. He, he, don't, he don't need to of whoever is your spiritual hero. He just wants you to be you. So we discover our gifts. And we operate in those gifts. And as we receive these gifts, we receive these talents, God has called us. He says in the Word of God, He said, and out of your, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Living water means it, there is life. There is life form. River, river depicts a, a flowing you know what? You can go over here to any creek. You can go over here to any river uh, that's around about us. And you know what? What water? Pa- the water that passes by you when you look down, it's already gone. It's it's a flow. It's continual. You can never look at the same water twice when you go to the river or the creek. But if you go to a pond, a pond that's all green and stinky and slimy. And you go to a pond and, and the, and it, and it smells bad, you know, and, and all like that. You know why? You know why? It's because the water is, the water there is stagnant. There is no flow. But God said, out of your belly shall be a flow. A river of living water. A, 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 a water that is, that is and has the ability to give life. You see, out of us, out of us, He wants us to give of ourselves. Because a living water is giving itself away. But a stagnant body of water is dying. Sarah and I had the opportunity to go see the Dead Sea when we were in Israel uh, uh, just a short ten years ago. And the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea for a reason. It's because everything in it's dead. There, there's water that flows into it, but the, the, the mineral content of, of, of the water, of the body of water, the Dead Sea produces nothing. And it actually is dying. It's shrinking every year. God's not called us to be dead. But He's called us to be alive. And He's called us to be alive. And as we're alive, we're not all going to be the same. Remember, He already has one. So you don't need you to be somebody else. He just wants you to be you. Everything hinges on Jesus. Everything hinges on Jesus. If our heart is right with Jesus, then everything else is going to flow. It just dawned on me. I forgot to announce children's church has been assembled. If you haven't figured it out by now, you know. Everything's hinged on Jesus. Everything works 
around Jesus. Christ, the Word of God declares, Christ is the head of the church. My entire body works around my head. Now, sometimes my mouth works without my brain being engaged. I will admit that, okay? Some of you have that same problem too. Okay? But it really doesn't happen. Sometimes I'll speak things without giving it much thought. But my, there's no part of my body can do anything without my brain. I've stood in the hospital rooms time and time again, again of people and the doctors have, have deemed them brain dead, if you would. Their bodies still have machines working for them, but there's no, there's no, there, there, there's no bodily functions. There's nothing happening. There are, they are brain dead. Christ is the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church. And because Christ is the head of the church, we submit ourselves to the, to the head of the church. The brain, if you would. And the rest of the body is submissive to the head. That's the way we function. That's the way we operate in the physical sense. But it's the way that God has called the church to operate as well. So, God already has one. And I know as much as you all, you know, I, 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 and I know some of y'all think, well, he, that's probably not a joke. But I tell everybody, sometimes I'll tell people, I said, you know, when my, I was, when I was born, when I was born, my mom cried. When the doctor come in and handed her to me and she found out that I wasn't twins, it made her really sad. I'll hear about this tomorrow at Tudor, probably. Yeah. You know, we and we don't hear as much now as we used to. You know, we things come in these waves in the political sense. You don't hear too much about the cloning thing anymore, do you? You know, like not like you did a few years ago. But you know what? I don't want. I don't. I don't. I, spare the world. Do not clone me. Okay. Spare the world. The world does not need two of me. That was a good opportunity for somebody to say amen. The world does not need two of me. <laughs> the world doesn't need two of you. But God wants one of you. He wants one of you. And He just wants you to be you for His glory and His honor and His praise. And if you will submit yourself to Him... He will mold you and shape you into everything that He wants you to be. I'm a believer in that. Would you bow your heads? Without any embarrassment whatsoever, I'm not going to point you out or call you out or anything like that. But if you're here this morning and you've never surrendered your heart and your life to Jesus Christ, uh, as much as I love you, and as much as God loves you, you are not joined with the body if you have never been saved. So if you're here this morning and you've never been saved, it's a good opportunity. Let, let me let me elaborate just a little bit what I'm saying. You know, if there's something that's not adjoined to my body, when I'm when I leave, it's not going with me. When the church leaves, which is the body of Christ, if you've not adjoined to the body through Jesus Christ, when the church leaves, guess who's not going? But the Lord wants you to be joined to His body through Christ Jesus. Shed blood on Calvary.
for the remission of sins. It comes through faith and believing. Faith that Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, crucified on a cross, buried in a grave, rose again in the third day and ascended back into heaven shortly thereafter. Faith in that that doctrine that He brings the remission of sins. That's what salvation is about. You can't buy it. You can't work it up. It's just simply faith. So if you're in this room today or maybe you're watching live stream and you've never been saved, I want you to have the opportunity this morning to give your heart and life to Jesus. So just to help me out just a little bit, again, no embarrassment. If you're in this room, you've never been saved, but you would like to be. You'd like to be part of that body. Would you just raise your hand and wave at me? Anybody in the room? Pastor, I need to be saved. I need to make a commitment to Christ. Or I need to rededicate myself to Christ because I've drifted far away. Is there one person?